Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. It is Wednesday, the 17th of January. Will Davies and Brad Rosen with you in a massive day across Melbourne Park for day four of the Australian Open. Uh, recapping some of the results, Iga Sviantek beats Sophia Kennan, 7-6-6-2. Carlos Alcaraz beat Richard Gasquet in straight sets. Selena Rubarkina beat Karolina Pliskova, 7-6-6-4. Kaspar Ruud beat Albert Ramos Vinales in three sets. Holger Runa beat Yoshihiro Nishioka in four sets. Uh, other winners, Victoria Azarenka, uh, Alexander Zverev, Jessica Pegula, Grigor Dimitrov, Cameron Norrie, Emma Raducanu, Tommy Paul and Katie Bolter. Uh, and Jack Draper beat Marcus Giron of the USA in five sets before heading to the side of the court to have a little vomit after pushing himself to the edge. Brad Rosen. Great segue. Good intro. Yeah. How hard you pushed yourself <laughs> in your career. Did you ever see that on the basketball court? As uh, we say, uh, good morning to everyone. I hope they're enjoying their breakfast. Good morning, everyone. Yes. Um, no, not so much on a basketball, certainly pre-seasons yeah. and trainings, yeah. and, and myself as included in that. Like, there were some times that you just pushed yourself so far um, that that happened. But no, not on a physical <laughs> basketball court That's or, or tennis in this instance. But um, I'm intrigued when I see things like that, because then what would happen afterwards? Yeah. Like, the, the what they'd go through, they wouldn't sleep and yep. then they've got to get back up usually 40 hours 48 hours afterwards like whoa, tough gig yep. tough gig but hey let's not feel sorry for him with what goes in their bank account yeah that's right he's done so, well so uh, yeah yep Jack Draper into the second round Olivia Gadecki from an Australian perspective lost to Sloane Stephens 6-3-6-1 Thanasi Kokonakis a five setter and won 10-8 in the fifth set tiebreaker against Sebastian Offner he'll play Grigor Dimitrov next Ola Tomljanovic beat Petra Martic uh, Kim Birrell lost to Yelena Ostapenko. James McCabe lost to Alex Mickelson. And Max Purcell beat Hungarian qualifier Matej Volkos in four sets. Alex Dimonor is up this morning after Anjabura and Mira Andreeva. Uh, Roger, pretty keen on Mira Andreeva. Roger Rashid, who we just spoke to. So it'll be interesting to see how she goes against the number six seed. Uh, Novak Djokovic taking on Alexi Popurin second on Rod Laver Arena tonight. And Jordan Thompson and Chris O'Connell, other Aussies in action. Uh, a lot of cricket taking place too. Day one of the first test between Australia and the West Indies. The squads and teams have been named and confirmed. The West Indies with three debutants. Kevin Hodge and Justin Greaves will bat in the middle. And paceman Shamer Joseph will play, 24 years old, and uh, been impressing plenty of people with his pace. For Australia, confirmed. Smith opening, Cameron Green at four. Uh, first ball, 10 a.m. local time in Adelaide. And the Sixers, a big win in the Big Bash last night against the Perth Scorchers. They secure second spot in the 2020 competition. A uh, lot of basketball taking place. Three games in the NBA today. The first of those, the Nuggets and 76ers. Can't wait to see that. And, of course, that can be found live. You can watch those games in the Tab app. But the NBL does roll on. We're working towards the business end of the season. Round 16 starts tonight with South East Melbourne hosting Adelaide. Tomorrow, the Hawks play the Taipans in Wollongong. As far as the Sydney Kings go, though, tickets to the remaining three of the Sydney Kings home games at Kudos Bank Arena are on sale and selling quickly. Head to sydneykings.com now to get yours. And we say a very good morning to Sydney Kings centre, Geordie Hunter. Geordie, good morning. How are you? I'm going well. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Pleasure. Always great to have you join us. Uh, a big win for you guys on Sunday, 105-76, to 76, the first ever Pink Hoops doubleheader at Kudos Bank Arena. A much-needed win as far as the uh, the slate goes and the ladder. How were you feeling about that, uh, certainly in the immediate aftermath after Sunday's performance? 
Yeah, it was good vibes for sure. It was, um, as you said, it was an essential one. And on top of that, it was a great day out at Kudos Suite with the pink hoops and just a, a brilliant cause and it all came together so well. Geordie, great to speak to you, my man. I spoke to you on Sunday. Why don't you just tell the listeners here a little bit, because I know the Pink Hoops was very special for you and your family. Yeah, it's um, first and foremost, it was an initiative by um, Tiana, one of the, you know, she she played with the Flames um, and unfortunately is going through another, another few rounds with breast cancer and has stepped into a coaching role with the Sydney Flames and with the help of the McGrath Foundation put on this the first ever Pink Hoops Day um, out at Kudos and it was a doubleheader with the Kings and the Flames and just the turnout was unbelievable and, you know, the, the work that Tiana's put into it was just marvellous. Um, on a personal note, it was it's a disease that my mum struggled with uh, just over a decade now ago and... You know, we lost her mum, my grandma, to the disease that that very same year. So, it's um it's a disease that's really affected my family in a lot of ways. And to see the Hoops Capital family put on a day like they did on the weekend was just really special to be a part of. It certainly was um, a crowd of sixteen plus thousand. It was a, it was a great atmosphere, great day. Um, do you know how much was raised and and what was from my understanding is they wanted 250 breast care nurses is what the McGrath Foundation was trying to do. How did that go? That's a great question. <laughs> I'd say, I know we were, we were raising money ourselves with Still made counting. threes and we, we shot the ball pretty well. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, let me go. the incentive we need, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a great turnout and um, I'm very hopeful that we, uh, we reach our targets. I couldn't tell you the exact figure. No, that's great. Well, let me let me come from a different angle. Um, the team, the Kings, obviously a lot of talk. Go to Adelaide, uh, really burped that one, played really poorly. Everyone's out for, for blood. Coach needs to be sacked. Players need to be sacked. Everyone was going probably a little bit over the top. But to come out and get that win, what did that do to the team and the confidence moving forward? Yeah, it was massive. So, you know, it's... The nature of the NBL is there's only one or two games a week for each team. So, um, you know, the narratives that will come out of a team like us, who we've had success in recent memory, we're probably not playing up to those expectations at the moment. There's going to be, a, you know, an adverse reaction to some struggles. And Adelaide is, you know, on the, at the bottom of the table, but they're definitely not last in talent mm. and... They've been playing. They've been playing really well, and they knocked off Melbourne, the top of the table, the week before we got in there. So it's mm-hmm. the league is, you know, as as close as it has ever been in my memory. Um, but you know, not not our best performance, and to then come in and you know play the way we did on the weekend was, I think, really important for the team to remember how that feels and what that looks like when we share the ball and we get stops and we get out and run and. Um, feed off the crowd's energy. It was easy to forget kind of when you're in a bit of a lull like mm. that you know how to win. <laughs> how do you how do you maintain that as a group heading into this back end of the season? Because the form wasn't great as Brad touched on it and you've said yourself it was much needed. Um, how do you maintain those feelings that you just touched on in that win, reminding yourself what you can do and making sure that it's just pedaled down and, and away you go? Just a good week of 
training the right way and being prepared for the task at hand and then going in with the right mentality that every game from now on is a finals game. Mm-hmm. And the the importance of where you finish with the new play-in tournament is paramount. Mm. And that top two is a massive advantage. Um, coming in the top four is a, you know, an advantage in itself. Um, and so we don't have wiggle room to be dropping games anymore. So we want to be entering every game with the mindset of, we, we have to win this because our season is dependent on it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Geordie, I know you're humble, but I am one that is very much behind you being the most improved player this season. You have had what I say is a stellar year. And for our listeners, you're coming off a, a great season last year, but you have doubled your points this year. Your percentage, field goal percentage is up. Uh, everything to me, you are the anchor of the defence and you again proved that on the weekend. How do you rate your form this year? I think it's been brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. It's a, um, uh, you know, it's just a taking advantage of the opportunity that's been laid before me and, you know, I'll, I'll continue to do what we need to do to win and I'm hoping that ends in a in a championship because that'll... You know, that'll speak for itself. And personal accolades are great. And I've uh, had a few near misses in the past, but that is uh, that is what it is. And we'll uh, continue to try and play our best basketball and whatever happens, happens. Jalen Adams was back to his show-stopping best and, and headline-grabbing performance with 39 points. You take on the Wildcats this weekend with a, uh, a standout star of their own in Bryce Cotton. How do you stop Bryce, and what's the key focus to make sure Jalen can continue to perform so strongly? Um, well, Jalen's a great, a great basketball player, and that's his teammates making a concerted effort to get him going and get him rolling, and that'll help all of us, um, just with his ability on both ends of the floor. Um, and Bryce is obviously having an outstanding season, so stopping Bryce, it's more, it's more question of mitigating Bryce and seeing what you can do there but they have uh, a lot of talent all over the floor so you can often get lulled into a um, a focus on trying to shut down Bryce and someone else is going for 20 and another guy is going for 15 and all of a sudden you start worrying about them and that's when Bryce unleashes so you just have to be you know appropriately dialed into all their players and Bryce is going to Bryce sometimes but you got to do your best to make it difficult for him. The old little cliche, Bryce Cotton doing Bryce Cotton things. I hear you, my man. Yeah. Hey, um, Jordy, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned before about that top two. Um, obviously, for our listeners, there's a play-in, and if you make the top two, you go through the semis and everything. Do you as a team talk about, hey, we want top two, or is it just the old cliche, game by game, and it will take care of itself? Uh, well, well, we'll lean on the old cliche, but there is when it does come up, there is a there is a focus on wanting to get that top two. Just the, the introduction of the play-in is great and creates a lot of excitement down the tail end. Um, but from what I've seen in its short existence, the main outcome is a big advantage in coming top two mm. because you get that first round by. Um, and it can be a bit of a bloodbath in that three through six. So you want to... Yeah, it's there's great advantage and you know it's great for those teams who are down the stretch coming in fifth or sixth but yeah there's definitely a focus on using that play into your advantage by coming top two Mm. 
a number of clubs are having near record crowds or, or kind of consistently very, very strong attendances. Adelaide have had massive crowds. Perth has been uh, back to having their consistent big crowds. And obviously the Kings at Kudos with 16,605 attending on the weekend. Uh, what's it like playing in front of those big crowds? Naturally, it's better than an empty stadium, but what, what does that support <laughs> give you guys as a team and kind of being able to continue to have that? And what's your message to the fans who, who are thinking of heading out for what that does for you guys? Well, I've played in kudos when it's empty mm. and it's no good. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, same as always. It's, it's just electric having them all there. And, um, you know, you build a bit of rapport with your home fans after a while. With mm. all, You know, you do promotional work and you see them after the games and it just means the world to run out there and there's 16,000 people there. It's, an absurd amount of people, you know, taking time out of their Sunday to come out and support us. And it, it really means so much. And we can, you know, we feel the love when we're out there. The, the building's shaking and it's a big it's a big room. So they're, they're doing a, a great job in the front office there to encourage people out there. And, you know, the commitment from our fans and even when it's been a bit of a, a down year, maybe by their expectations to keep on rolling out has been, you know, we're, we're really chuffed with that. Yeah. Geordie, appreciate your time as always. Uh, good luck on Sunday against the Wildcats and congrats on a, uh, a win to break a bit of a run of tough form. Thank you, guys. Have a, have a great morning and we'll, uh, we'll back one up on Sunday. Good on you, mate. Mate, I've got to tell you, and we'll say goodbye to him, but I've got to tell you a little story about Geordie, yep. which is great. So he was a senior at St. Mary's. Yes, right? college and in the US. In the college yep. in the US. And they won the West Coast Conference Championship by beating Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And Gonzaga were the number one ranked team in the country. This was in 2019. And in that game, he was named MVP. Now, playing in that game for Gonzaga, Hachimura, who was the ninth pick yep. in the Lakers, right? Now now with the Lakers. And Brandon Clark, 21st. Mm. He was MVP. Yeah. This kid can play, mate. Yeah, he sure. is an absolute champion of a player. And the strength of him is unbelievable. So... People are listening. Got to get out and, and 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 watch Jordan Honey. He is an educated basketballer and, and is in a textbook situation. A fantastic player, mm. fantastic player. And I, I don't think it would happen, but he would not be at, out of line at all to be at the, in the Boomers for the Olympics. Yeah. But I don't think it will happen with the way the team's made up. But yeah. oh, he's a player, man. Yeah, he's he's got, great. He's got size. It's 209, 210 centimetres, I think. So he stands yeah, out as Yeah, in the old school, goes. it's just called bloody tall, yeah. right? So, But no, he's massive. And he's he's like big in shoulders and strength. Yeah. And, you know, for the purest, like we call it an on-ball screen, yes. his screen and roll where he screens and then rolls to the basket. Yeah. He's the best in the league, yeah, okay. and um, and I think he goes under the radar a lot when you a lot when you talk of you know you've got MVP of Jalen Adams uh-huh. and you know the, the next star and Alex Tui and then you've got Valentine and DJ Ho coming in. Sometimes you forget, oh, there's that Geordie Hunter guy, you know, like yeah, he's that. Yeah, yeah. But poor oh, man, he is such a key, and I'm pretty sure he's out of contract this year, and I'm sure they'll want to lock him up because yeah. he's a fabulous player and an anchor yep. for that team. Very good stuff. We uh, we'll get to Mitch Bennett very soon. A um, couple of markets in the NBL: South East Melbourne head to head against Adelaide tonight. South East Melbourne at dollar eighty. Adelaide two dollars. Uh, you're favouring South East Melbourne, but uh, without a huge amount of confidence. Uh, and then Illawarra and yeah. Cairns tomorrow night. Illawarra dollar fifty with Tab Cairns two fifty five. I think it's probably a little bit more cut and dry yeah. for Illawarra tomorrow. I do. Um 
again, this league has just been so crazy. Anyone mm-hmm. could win on any given night. And um, there were some crazy games. I mean, Cairns won against Adelaide on the weekend when they were down by 18 and had no right to win that game, and Adelaide burped it up. So I could see both away yeah. teams winning so easily, but I just think the whole team should get it. Very good. Mitch Manners coming up. Sky Racing's Gold Coast caller, Mitchell Manners, joins us. Mitch, good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, g'day boys. Uh, pretty morning. pretty well. It's, uh, it was it was a long week last week, yeah. but uh, we've we've bounced back. Well done. Um, <laughs> how was Saturday off the back of that big week? Uh, great racing, big performances. How are you feeling about it all? A couple of days on. Yeah, terrific uh, to see some turnover numbers, uh, which have floated about over the last sort of twenty four forty eight hours overall. The two days at the Gold Coast Turf Club, and bear in mind that. You know, it was only the second and third race meetings on that new uh, turf, but over $110 million in turnover for the Tab Wave and Magic Millions race day. So uh, the figures were, were very good. Uh, 24,500 through the gate, record crowd, as I said, record turnover. And, um, you know, the uh, sort of goal is now that this carnival will get even bigger with uh, the announcement of a $3 million slot race to be run Friday night next year. So uh, we're looking at $20 million in 24 hours. So I I may as well just sleep in the broadcast box uh, next year because we're we're racing the Friday night and then into the the Magic Millions Day itself on the Saturday. So the carnival will be even bigger and better next year. And also, too, uh, our uh, host, Jared Middleton's obviously away at the moment, but... um, he was in charge of the Tab Kelcutta during uh, Millions Week, and it was a uh, a record pool. Uh, over 200000 was spent in that Kelcutta, so he did a super job. So if his bosses are listening, he might uh, he might get a bit of a carrot when he returns from his uh, extended holiday. I love how you say you're going to sleep in the box overnight like that's a chore. That's, <laughs> that's what we want. Uh, Mitch, the sales, massive success, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. That, that the top end of the market. It all concluded yesterday uh, with book two finishing up yesterday afternoon. But uh, obviously, we saw that the top end of the market as soon as the sales commenced last week, uh, the, uh, the 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 numbers that were going through uh, last week were pretty strong. Big, uh, you know, some some pretty big figures throughout the mm. course of it. Um, overall, there was. 1,020 lots, 813 sold. So it's a clearance rate of 87%, which wow. is very good going. And in excess of $225 million was spent at the sales. Uh, the average was 276 and the top lot was that wooden Bassett Colt who went for, for 2.1. Uh, the top five lots uh, above $1.5 million. So Magic Amazing. Millions uh, really put on a big show last week and the yearling sales were... We're well and truly matched. Uh, as I said, a clearance rate of 87% is, is very good going. Uh, racing today, Mitch, at Doombin, anything you've got your eye on? It's been a bit wet in Brisbane the, the, um, and surrounds the last couple of days. The track will start as a heavy eight. If no rain, uh, a soft seven. It's quite humid again, which has been sort of the case the last couple of days. And we've been getting uh, sort of um, uh, showers, but quite humid weather. This horse in the first, Duke Calzini, is uh, trained at Goulburn. He was meant to run in the debut uh, at uh, the Gold Coast on Sunday, but he didn't get a start. He was second emergency, missed a run by uh, one spot. Uh, He won a trial recently at Warwick Farm. Uh, 
he doesn't meet a very strong two-year-old race. In fact, it's a racing two if any if uh, Barrier Trial forms anything to go by. I think they've got the race form covered. Jude Kelzini and Tiger Tire. So back to one to win. Mm-hmm. Save on the exacta one and four. And I think we'll get uh, the first race done and dusted and get some money in the back pocket. That first event at Zumba today, Drew Kelzini in the first. Loving the confidence. Loving your work on the Gold Coast on Saturday as well, Mitch. A massive day for racing up there, the club, but also you and your performance for Sky Racing. We'll look forward to catching up again very soon. Thank you, mate. I'll be off for a couple of weeks, but back in uh, time for our uh, res- resume to racing at, uh, at the Gold Coast at the start of the month. Looking forward to it, Mitch. Stay well. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. Will Davies and Brad Rosen with you. Uh, rain around in Melbourne, which will affect the tennis today if that continues. But having a look at some of the matches in action today. Uh, we've got Alex Demonor taking on Matteo Arnaldi of Italy, uh, the second match-up on Rod Laver Arena. That follows Onjabur and Mira Andreva. Uh, Jordan Thompson takes on Stefano Tsitsipas tonight, 7pm on Margaret Court Arena. Novak Djokovic taking on Alexi Popurin, second on Rod Laver Arena. Yannick Sinner playing today against Jesper de Jong. Rog thinks that's going to be an absolute walkover for Sinner in terms of how well he plays and uh, and very few games won by de Jong. Coco Goff is in action. Rog expects uh, Coco to win pretty well. Sabalenka, another big win a uh, one-sided match there. He's expecting against Brenda Fruvatova of Czech Republic. Maria Sakari playing. Carolina Wozniacki against Maria Timofeeva. Uh, the Aussies in action today, as well as Jordan Thompson, Alexi Popurin and Alex Demon or Chris O'Connell taking on Burden Shelton. Um, a lot of great racing, and those tips will be in the Bets Friends channel of the BSB. Mitch Manners, Brad Davidson, Adam Pengilly. Good NBA games taking place today. They can be watched live in the Tab app as well. But all eyes head to Adelaide today from a cricket perspective for day one of the first test between Australia and the West Indies. And always a pleasure to have Stu Clark joining us. Stu, good morning. How are you? How is hopefully sunny Adelaide? <laughs> morning, boys. Uh, look, it's sunny, no blue sky out. A little bit of rain last night, but we look good to go. Everyone's excited and a little bit of buzz around the town because the, the test match has rolled into town. Um Stu, not as hot as it's been in the last little while, but a lot was made from the curator, and, and we love we love a curator saying it's going to be fast and bouncy. But um, what are you expecting from this pitch on day one? Oh, look, traditionally, day tests in Adelaide have been very flat. The wicket's been very, very good to bat on. Um, I think you'll want to leave a little bit of moisture in it. But, look, generally and historically, the wicket has been very flat. Um, and it's been very good for batting. What it does do, if it gets to later in the match, the wicket does spin and there's a lot of reverse swing comes into play. So um, let's hope that happens. But whoever wins the toss, I'd be assuming we'll bat and bat. Uh, as that coin comes down, just yell out bat as loud as they can. <laughs> uh, Stu, I um, just want to ask you, Cameron Green returns to the test side and obviously in, in, in second drop or number four. What? How aggressive do you think he'll be? Uh I think, you know, to be fair, Brad, I think he'll be nervous. Mm. I think he's just come back into the team. There's been a lot made and a lot of discussion about this one selection for a long period of time now. Yeah. He's going to bat at four and, you know, Ed and you remember, sorry, you remember there was Bancroft chat and then there was Renshaw chat and Harris chat and all those other. I think he'll be nervous. So whether he comes out with this aggressive player, I'd be, I don't think so. I think he'll want to sort of get himself in, score a few runs, try and get a, you know, 10, 15, 20 before he does anything like that. 
But that said, the way the modern game's played these days, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he could turn straight up and hit the first ball over cover for six. Who knows? <laughs> um, Stu, the Australians have confirmed that that is their 11 with Smith opening and Green at four. The West Indies have three debutantes. Kavim uh, Hodge and Justin Greaves will bat in the middle order, both 29 years of age. And paceman Shamar Joseph will play. He's 24 years old and... Uh, has impressed people with his pace and, and his skill with the ball. What do you know of uh, Hodge, Greaves and Joseph, and what are you expecting from that pace attack? Uh, oh, look, I think the, we've all seen them. We, we had a little bit of a look from the um, CA-11's game. I think what we're all expecting is pace. That's what everyone's been talking about. That's happened a little bit in the past too, that everyone's been expecting pace and we haven't quite seen it. Um, that said, if they can get somewhere and really the glory is of the West Indies, I think everyone will be back excited to see someone come out and bowl at 140 kilometres an hour. But I think, look, can they sustain it over long periods of time for four or five days, if, if the case may be? If Smith and Kwaja get away, what happens after that? I think they're all the unknowns and everyone's sort of mm. thinking, without the experience of this team, without some of the, you know, the, the big names like you've had in yesteryear, can they actually do that? So uh, there are where all the questions are being asked at the moment. Um, I'm hoping for pace. That's what we want to see. How good would it be to see, you know, three West Indians all bowling 140 kilometres an hour? Yeah. A lot of guys about my age and your age would be sitting there thinking, this is what we remember about the West Indies. Yep, totally. Mate, let me ask you, you you take out a a dynamic person like Warner, and I'm more meaning off the field as well, uh, what he brings in the locker room and change rooms and everything. What, What does that do to the dynamics, in your opinion, to this team, or is it just business as usual? It'll be business as usual, mate. I know he's not there anymore. But they, they won't obviously have his ability to get off to a flying start. But, you know, like, like any team, doesn't matter what sport it is, and you've got big personalities in the team, they do, and, you know, they, they command respect, they command attention. Without him, well, so be it. But you've got so many others in that team, and look, they're all professionals now. The way they prepare, the way they get um, themselves up for the challenge of a test match won't change. And whilst you've you know, got the changes at Warner at the top, you've still got... You know, the three quicks and Nathan Lyon, who are the greatest quartet of bowlers ever in the history of Test cricket. You've got Smith, who's averaging 58. Kwaja, who's, you know, 1,200 runs last year. So, yeah, look, it'll be different not having Davey there. But, that said, they'll move on. Interesting to see who fills its first slip. Yeah. That'll be, you know, there's a few interesting points. Because Davey's been there for the last 15 years. Who's going there now? Uh, I think Usman Kwaja I saw was fielding there. Um but, as you said, Cameron Green, decent fielder. Um, They'll leave watch. Smith second, for sure, second on, slip, yeah. On Smith, Stu, are you expecting him, uh, like if we're looking at high bat for Australia, I know you said Stark leading wicket-taker the other day, but is Smith a decent play for uh, leading runs in this first test? Oh, I think any time there's a market on Smith's leading uh, <laughs> and, and high bat market, I think Smith's a fair bat. I think he's odds would be fairly short there, I would have thought. Uh, look, he will... Knowing Smith, he will go out and he will be doing what Smith does. Not he doesn't when he walks out of bat, it's like the rest of the world doesn't exist. Yeah. He just bats. Everyone else just has to bat around him. So uh, when you've got a market up like that, you know, Smith love saying Kawaja. But anyway, I, I'd be looking at the odds because I think you can get some value with some of the guys in there. But um, whether Smith's the guy or not, I don't know. Um, let me ask you this: so Aussies win, they'll bat like you said. What do you feel is A, the right score from the pitch that you've seen, but B, what Australia need to win this test? Uh, 450 plus. It's straight back first. And the weakest as flat as it appears to be, then anything 450 plus, you know, is, 
you're not going to lose test matches from there. And you set it up mm. to win the test match. Um, the same thing goes for the West Indies if they bat first. Anytime you bat in a test match, you want to try and get 400. Mm. If you can do that, then you set yourself the game up so you can dominate and dictate how the game's played. Stu, in the Big Bash, a huge win for the Sixers in the context of their season and the competition's season. Moses Enriquez, superb stuff with the bat. 47 not out of 20 balls. The Sixers, 7 for 201 in reply to Perth's 400. Uh, sorry, 4 for 197. Um, thoughts on the Sixers and that win? They now head to Brisbane uh, in the 1v2 showdown against Brisbane. That's a massive win. It's actually a massive win for the competition because teams... Um, don't want to play Perth in Perth because they're almost unbeatable over there. They're so good in their conditions. Um, they're so good on that fast, bouncy wicket. So for the actual competition, it's actually not a bad thing. But for the Sixers themselves, well, it was an amazing chase. Watching the game last night, we all thought it was done and dusted. We didn't think that uh, they were going to get there. And then Moses, you know, needing 12 or whatever off the last over, there's a run out. Anyway, but gets himself back on the strike. Um, in the context of their season, unbelievable because they now get to play in the major semi or the, yeah. the qualifying semi, whatever you want to call it. They win, they're straight into the final, which will be played at the SCG. Um, if they lose, well, they get a second chance and that game will be played at the SCG. So that home ground advantage is massive. Mm. Um, Stu, always appreciate your time on the way to Adelaide Oval for day one of the test. Uh, good luck, enjoy it. We'll look forward to chatting throughout. Good on you, Will. Cheers, Russ. Strick Clark there on his way to the Adelaide Oval. I mentioned that match between Brisbane and Sydney. It is on the Gold Coast, in fact, with the second test between Australia and the Windies heading up to the Gabba. So this first one in Adelaide today, Australia's short price favourites. But um, we look forward to that first ball, 10am. It's always exciting. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Yep. Can't wait. So 10am local time in Adelaide, Australia and the West Indies. And the BBL continues this evening, the final game of the regular season. The Thunder taking on the Renegades and then the Heat versus Sixers on the Gold Coast on Friday. The Scorchers hosting Adelaide in Perth on Saturday. Is it just me, Will, or does the BBL just feel so much better this year? So much better. I don't know what shortened, it is. Yep, the yeah, shortened, the shortened season's really season, worked. It's, just, it's what it's the fans re- called for uh, yeah. and that's what they've got. It's been a big tick. Yeah, attendances were up. In the midway point of the season, you know that crowd is, at the SCG good. the other night—that was amazing. Yeah, great to helicopter see. lands on the centre. It's a fantastic. Yeah, there's been a lot of good theatre. I love it at this time of year. Uh, the BBL, the NBL, the other um, sports as well. The A League with the night round. A couple of scores from a football perspective. Third round replay: Wolves and Brentford locked at two-two, and is in the 108th minutes. They've gone to extra time. Oh. Penalties coming, you'd imagine. Uh, Bolton, Luton Town. Luton Town 2 beat Bolton 1. Birmingham 2 beat Hull City 1. Newport County 3 beat Eastleigh 1. And Bristol City beat West Ham 1-0. And in the Asian Cup overnight, wins for Saudi Arabia. And also overnight, Thailand beat Kyrgyzstan. So Thailand 2-0 over Kyrgyzstan. Saudi Arabia 2-1 over Oman. Tonight in the Asian Cup, Lebanon takes on China in Group A. Tomorrow morning, Tajikistan versus Qatar. And then tomorrow night, Australia versus Syria. That's across Paramount, Channel 10 and 10 Play. And we look forward to some great basketball today in the Tabat. The 76ers and Nuggets getting things going. And then the Suns and the Kings, followed by the Clippers and OKC. Three ripping games. Ripping today, games. Yep. Absolutely. Very good. It is 10 minutes to nine through New South Wales and the ACT. 10 minutes to eight in Queensland. And we will preview the racing shows after this.
Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. In about nine minutes' time, Racing HQ on Radio Tab with Steve Hewlett. Steve, a very good morning. How are you? Good morning to you, Will. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Wednesday racing at Dooman today, but so much more to talk about. What uh, What's taking your main focus today? Yeah, look, one of our guests is going to be a prolific winner-getter in New South Wales, a former jockey called Harry Troy. Rode almost 1,500 winners. I'm sure a lot of the oh. listeners would remember Harry and some of the good horses he rode. And basically, you know, during that 80s, 90s period, he retired from race riding in 98. But the reason I want to chat to him, he's been calling races. You don't often see jockeys go to race calling, do you? But (laughs) a very unique situation with Harry Troy. But he's been calling in Macau for a long time. But we know Macau, the sad news there, they're going to finish racing in April. So... I just want to talk to Harry about the, you know, what it's like, what went wrong. You know, there's talks about mismanagement over there and different things. So I want to have a good chat to Harry Troy on Racing HQ in the first hour. We're also going to talk to Danielle Sybe, a trainer that you guys know very well. She's got an interesting runner in, in Brisbane today that's running his odds on in the first called Jew Calzini. Now, this horse missed a run in the debut, Magic Minions Day, and I was looking at her strike rate. She's won a heap of highway races. Um, of course, she was a school teacher for, uh, for a period of time with science at Crookwell High. But, gee, she's doing a good job. Uh, and we're going to profile Danielle a little bit this morning and talk about this horse in Brisbane. And also Matthew Dunn, extraordinary training effort when you think about it. Like, all the biggest name trainers in the country were there at the Gold Coast on the weekend. Matthew Dob- uh, Dunn lobs with two horses from Moolumbah, and they both won million-dollar races. I reckon that's quite extraordinary. Boom Talk and, and Derry Grove. So credit where credit is due. And Matthew Dunn, who's got some nice runners or certainly a leading chance today, at Doom, but in the second race, uh, a horse called Belvedere Boys will be one of our guests as well. Steve, uh, racing at Doom, and today we just had Mitch Manners on recently. He likes Jew Calzini, number yeah, one. Yeah, well, that was a horse, first. yeah. $1.90 and uh, Tiger Tie in the exactor. So he's, he's pretty confident, Mitch, um, one and four. Well, anything at Doom and so far today that you've got your eye on? Oh, look, I'm a bit the same way with this horse, Belvedere Boys. I mean, last uh, last time we saw him was at Ipswich, and he was sectionally brilliant in that race. He came from a long way back behind a horse that uh, the Holbert's trained called Kipling's Journey. Well, that horse, two starts later, came out and won a strong class five. So, look, the thing with him is he'll get back probably to last, but it's a small field. James Orman's a gun, particularly with these horses that, that like to sit. So I reckon it's just a case of he'll be ridden stone cold from the gate and pull him to the outside, and hopefully he can sweep by them. But uh, I think he's a very talented horse, this, uh, this Belvedere boys. Last time he was at Doom, but he won. That's when he got his maiden out of the way. So. We like this, Brad, of course. Remember what you could be buying instead. But Mitch Manners, race one, yep. number one. Steve Hewell, race two, number two. Very good to start things off, Steve. Appreciate it as always. Have a great show. Thanks very much, guys. So Steve Hewlett there across the Radio Tab Network. Dave Stanley uh, is on across Sky Sports Radio. He'll be up in about five minutes' time. Uh, On Dave's show today, Bjorn Baker, Mitch Cohen, Nash Rewilla, Adam Hieronymus, Joe Pride and Sterling Alexio, all before 10 a.m. local time. So a, uh, a great lineup on Dave's show too. And, of course, plenty of previews ahead of the racing at Randwick Kensington. And just recapping a few of those tips, we mentioned Mitch Manners, race one, number one at Doomman today. Steve liking Belvedere Boy, Boys, race two, number two. Um, Brad Davidson on the Kenzo today. Um, Davo likes race, where are we with Davo? Race six, number five, the Timpanist. Yes. Um, he's on Weather Watch as well. Adam Pengeli, race seven, number 11, Bolero Bell as a value play. Um, and Roger Rashid ahead of day four of the Australian Open. Rain 
around Melbourne today as well. So maybe a bit of a change in the schedule. He likes Yannick Sinner in a one-sided clash. He likes Coco Goff to win. Uh, Carolina Wozniacki to get through. He thinks Alex Demonor will win. Uh, Gail Monfils to spring an upset. Um, ben Shelton to overcome Chris O'Connell, maybe in a four or five setter. And he's not sure about Angevur. Um Maybe he likes Andreva or he likes Andreva to maybe spring an upset in Melbourne. But a million matches taking place across Melbourne. We love the early days of the Australian Open. We and, do. Uh, across all of the courts. We'll look forward to that. Um, and the test today as well. Looking forward to that. But in the NBA, Bradley... Three games today, three good ones too. The Nuggets at the 76ers coming up from 11.30am Australian Eastern Daylight Time. The Kings and Suns from 1pm in Sydney and midday Brisbane. And at 2pm Sydney, 1pm Brisbane, the Thunder and the Clippers. Tip from you for those three? Oh, look, tough ones. I mean, the Nuggets and the Sixers is probably the toughest there. Two, you know, quality MVPs. Uh, a real one and a fake one. So, um, so I'm going to go with the real one, and that's Denver to win. Uh, in Philly. Uh, then I think the Suns will get it at home and I'm going to go for Thunder on the road. They're going nice. to so beat the Clips. Nuggets, Suns and Thunder. Uh, a reminder, you can watch those in the Tab app too. Um, also a reminder, re the uh, uh, a night of racing with the Big Sports Breakfast at Club Menangle. That is Saturday the 17th of February and head to Club Menangle's website for more information around that. Mido will host. Josh Reynolds will be out there. A few other BSB favourites and uh, plenty of racing royalty and, and harness racing tips and flavour there too. Uh, Mido will be back hosting the Big Sports Breakfast from the 29th of January. Mm-hmm. Uh, the BSB Summer Show continuing this week. Loz and Clarkey back Monday the 22nd of January. Benway hosting with them. It's a massive year. Uh, the NRL heads to Vegas. The Olympics in Paris. Uh, a year, eh? It's going to be continuing. Great racing sport. right around. It would be golden slipper before but we But the Olympics know it. crush it all. Yeah. Love Olympic times. Yeah. They just, just, it's just gold. Vibes yeah, looking everywhere. forward to it. Um, boomers, Opals, thoughts yeah, on them? Yeah, it's going to be real tough for yep. them. Uh, Opals haven't qualified yet. Uh, they've got to go overseas and play in a very tough draw, so hopefully they get surely, it done. Surely. Yeah, that would be a real shock, um, but hopefully they get it done. Boomers obviously qualified. It is going to be so hard for them to get a medal. But like everyone, uh, we hard. I think the US are going to take a dream team mm-hmm. as, as as good as they can get. And then you've got all the other teams. The US, interesting, Joel Embiid. I don't know if it's official, but he was. they were saying that he's declaring for the US to play as part of that. Oh, it just gets mate. harder and harder. Play the Benny Hill music with him, mate. So, <laughs> But yeah, look, they, it, it does. It gets harder. And then Germany coming off a World Cup win, so they'll be tough. Uh, Luca and, and, and you know like mm. all of them so it's going to be so tough and everyone's like you know we won a bronze medal man that was amazing a few years ago uh, to do that again is going to be very tough we're in, in right now I don't think we're as good as we were four years ago or when sorry when the Olympics were in Tokyo um, but we have the goat and Brian Gorgian taking us there so hopefully uh, hopefully we can bring back another medal the Opals February 8 to 11 taking uh, their Olympic qualifications over to Brazil mm, where they, uh, they must win Lauren Jackson in the squad yeah look Loz came out last week and had 28 points <laughs> against the Flames and, and it was like turning back she will say this as well. She hasn't had the greatest of seasons. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's just so hard. You know, she's, she's at some, you know, just, it's just age, you know, isn't it? And that's what happens. But look, I don't know if she will play for the Opals. It'll be really interesting. But I mean, what a career she's had. And she turned back the clock last week and got a great win for Southside against the Flames. But yeah, I, I, I worry. I really hope that they get across that qualifying. It's not a, it's not a pleasant draw for mm-hmm. them to get the qualifiers. It's no easy way in. But 
if you're going to make it, you've got to get through it. A few weeks away, and uh, we'll, of course, look a little bit deeper into that. Um, from an NFL perspective, the second round of the playoffs are set. This Sunday, Houston at Baltimore, 8.30 a.m., Sydney Times, 7.30 Brisbane, then Green Bay at San Francisco, and on Monday, Tampa Bay at Detroit and Kansas City at Buffalo. Some great results yesterday with the Bills beating the Steelers and the Buccaneers beating the Eagles. Awesome Yeah, Yeah, it's been fun. Great results in that Yeah, I've been really enjoying watching that. And obviously, its pinnacle is coming up very soon. So um, very much we're looking forward to watching that. Well, we are looking forward to both of the racing shows coming up. Radio Tab with Steve Hewlett, Dave Stanley, on Sky Sports Radio. And we'll look forward to your company again on the Big Sports Breakfast from 6am Sydney time and 5am Brisbane time tomorrow. Brad, thanks as always. Great to have you in. Mate, legend. Thank you for having me. We look forward to it. Uh, It is 9am Australian Eastern Daylight Time and 8am in Queensland.